You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I'm a doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Ben, hello, how are you? Is, c- computer, no, t- t- turn turn the light down, not off. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, doing oh, that again. Oh, no, well, it's got opinions now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all this AI stuff. Are you on deck um, six? Because, like, that's a deck six problem. It is a deck six problem, and I'm going to be having words. Mm. My chief engineer is um, going to be fixing vending machines <laughs> here be, on after. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be even in the future, nothing works. Going to be dedicated to scrubbing plasma conduits, Ben. Absolutely. Do you know that was actually what I was reaching for, and then I went for Red Dwarf and went for vending machines instead. But it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I are. What you what you really got to do is do like the chief petty officer, and I just live in the nacelle. It's uh, you. Re- you rarely run into problems up there. It's interesting as well because whenever I ask the computer where you are, other than yeah. the fact that it then gives me a load of grief for the next hour before <laughs> eventually telling me, um, yeah. it says it loses track of you somewhere near mm-hmm. the um, uh, Jeffrey's tube stand. Mm. Yeah. Hello, listener. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. It's a podcast about Star Trek Picard season two. Uh, We're just trying to avoid talking about this episode. Episode eight, Mercy, which is something they should provide the fans of this show with, Ben. Um, Because the last couple of episodes, this one included, uh, been kind of rough rides, sort of. Uh, So last we caught up with our intrepid heroes uh captain picard slash admiral picard slash does he have a rank right now picard uh and guinan were arrested by fbi agent martin wells after picard was literally just incapacitated for an episode they recapacitated him for a uh i don't think that's a word but they did that for this episode and i remember uh opining that they have to get him out of this in this episode because yeah. they still have two more episodes to do. Boy, did this really feel like a filler episode. And there was one moment in this episode that feels like it moved the story forward a little bit, which I really don't think you should be doing when there's only two episodes left in mm-hmm. your show. Uh, we'll talk about pacing in just a minute, but first let's talk about what happened in the episode. So Martin Wells tries to make Picard and Guinan confess to being aliens because he has the whole video of them beaming in and whatnot. He separates them, and as Guinan is in another room, she is visited by Q, who did, in fact, actually get her summoning thing. It just took him a little bit to get there. He took the bus. He did. He literally took the bus. Yeah. Uh, and he explains that he is dying and that this trial is a final attempt to give his own life meaning. He notes that all humans are stuck in the past and Guinan uses astral projection, which 
of course Elorians can do because we don't know anything about them and they can do anything sure. you need them to do. And yeah. she, like Dr. Strange, just projects into the room with Picard to tell him this message, which then somehow magically sparks an idea in Picard's mind to get Wells to reveal that he encountered aliens when he was a child and thought that they wanted to kill him. But Picard explains that and somehow manages to infer through this story that there were actually Vulcans who were just trying to erase his memories of seeing them via mind meld. Wells is forced to release Picard and Guinan after the FBI dismisses him for conducting an illegal investigation. Oh, whoops. Uh, meanwhile, Raffi and Seven find the Queen collecting car and phone batteries to modify Gerardi's body to make it capable, more capable of assimilation. She attacks them, but Agnes is able to force the Queen side of her to stop and leave. After learning about her true nature, Corey leaves her father, Aaron Soong, with help from Q. Then the Borgatti queen, uh, she shows up to persuade Soong that he can save his legacy by helping her steal La Serena, thereby enabling her to conquer the galaxy. Soong then magically provides her with a squad of mercenaries to convert into Borg drones. Oh my goodness, Ben. I feel like reading it like that, it feels like they wrote this episode in a day and they're like, shit, mm -hmm. we need another episode. Uh, we got to yeah. stall. We need to stall. Uh, yeah. Let's just write some stuff. And if, there feels like a lot of leaps of logic in here. And this is Star Trek we're talking about where leaps in logic are kind of part of the show uh, to a certain degree. But this was like narrative leaps that just... I didn't like when when this Wells fellow was remembering his encounter with the the Vulcans in the woods by where he lived. Was Picard able to see that or something? Like, how did he know exactly? Uh, and it's crazy how uh, I mean, OK, maybe upon further reflection, it's not crazy that he just decided to be like, we're time travelers because. Um, in a, in a bit that we didn't talk about on here, um, Rios obviously brought Teresa and her son onto La Serena and they obviously know about the future too. And honestly, their stuff was the best stuff in this episode. I think, uh, mm -hmm. I thought it was, uh, like I thought the, the birthing of their relationship or whatever I thought was sweet. I liked it. Uh, yeah. I, I thought I, like, I don't know how it's going to play out is, is he like, is she going to be, uh, there's been a lot of Star Trek four references in this show, Ben, yeah. is she going to be like her Jillian to, you know, Rios's Kirk? And is she just going to follow them into it's the future? Filter it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Like you can't just leave them behind now. Everything else though, I guess you can, if you're going to change this and this timeline is going to cease to exist the way it does. I suppose there's no reason why you can't be like, we're actually from the future. Yes. But there were so many other leaps that just didn't make sense. But I don't know. What, what did you think of episode eight? Well, um, other than the fact, I enjoyed seeing a Microsoft HoloLens, by the way. Uh, in, was in that in here? Was that in Soong's uh, office? Yeah, it was, okay. actually, it was an actual HoloLens, um, which is, you don't see many of those. Mm -mm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Again, if you've got pacing on your uh, um, bingo card for this episode, you yep. can pick it off right now. 
Yeah, it. Uh, I, I like so the, the the content of this episode was fine in the sense that, you know, I, I too enjoyed actually the very brief uh, Rios and Teresa uh, stuff. I thought that was cute. I, again, I was kind of thinking, where's this going? Given where we are now in terms of episodes, right? Um, I enjoyed uh, um, uh, Seven and Raffi and the, the hunt for. Um, Borga, Bor- Borgati. That's <laughs> yeah, that's um, her name now. I've decided. I, I particularly enjoyed her boots with a red dress, which. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh no, she she's got. got it's a great look. It's wicked style. Yeah. Um, there are there are sort of various things online about sort of potentially hidden bits that might have some sort of relevance in here. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, there's quite a lot of references on graffiti and signs and stuff to. Um, the fictional governor of California in the show, Robert Chen. Yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of stuff littered throughout it that um, that refers to him having problems. And, of course, we know about Robert Chen from DS9. Um, he was the That's governor of California in 2024, according right. to uh, past tense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know whether that's just a, a little Easter egg or whether that might, you know, his decline might be some way connected to the storyline or what. Yeah. Um, the Q and Guinan stuff is odd, isn't it? Because, uh, sorry, not uh, Guinan, uh, Q and, um, what's her name? Core. Core, um, yeah. Core, yeah. Like, I, 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 I can't quite get my head around yet what's going on with Q, and that's fine, because I suppose we're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, but, like, he still behaves as Q 90% of the time, and then has like a such a fundamental shift in demeanor when you know that they're, they're remembering what the plot is in relation to him. Mm-hmm. That it's almost too much of a shift. It, it doesn't feel right somehow. Right. Um, the 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 two camera um, stuff with the the Hololens with Q, I thought was a really clunky device that just seemed a bit odd to me. Um, I mean. <laughs> You know, yeah, watching Agnes um, sort of effectively now being Borg, and I, I quite liked the, you know, the grabbing of uh, the Special Forces, like Project Spearhead, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's quite a quite a nice idea. I quite like the fact that they've set us up for a different type of assimilation now, um, because, you know, substandard metals means substandard assimilation. Yep. So we, we're seeing this kind of just sort of facial marking thing. Uh, with those who she borgifies, um, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff in here that's just fine, and um, th- there are a couple of scenes that felt out of place. Um, the the Raffi stuff with um, uh, I've forgotten his name, Space Elf. Um, oh yeah, Elfnor, Elnor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Elfnor. Um, I, I, I like that. Felt like a scene that had been sitting around on the floor and then they sort of shoehorned it in so like oh we've got that scene we might as well put it in yeah um so yes i mean i suppose we get a slight insight into you know ruffy being self-aware in terms of her being manipulative yeah um but i'm not sure entirely what the point of that is at the moment um, <sighs> i mean i felt like it just felt like um like a baby step in their relationship mm. between seven and raffi uh the, I think only because 
Uh, I think they're pointing out her manipulation because it's more of a, I feel like it's less of a devious because we're supposed to like her, obviously. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they're portraying her manipulation, not as more of a devious controlling type of manipulation, Mm -hmm. but more of a, um, kind of like a security blanket or a, uh, uh, a defense mechanism manipulation to prevent herself from being hurt or whatever in a, in a relationship, which I think, you know, they're continuing to, to try to put that forward with her in seven, but it's in the middle of all of this other stuff that they're trying to do. So yeah, uh, it did felt a little forced in there, but yeah, it did. And and the, the, the sort of the plot with um, the, I guess, nascent Borg queen and, uh, and soon, Feels a bit strange too, because yeah. um, first of all, they, they, I do love the fact that they've done the, the classic TV trope of as he's gradually sort of becoming more and more evil. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but his clothing is gradually getting darker and darker. Is it? I uh, didn't notice. Yeah, and now he's gone uh, full law, like as in black sort yeah. of turtleneck and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite funny. Uh, the the costumes, I have to say, overall still remain absolutely on point throughout. Oh, the sure. Show. It's, one of the most fabulous things about um, the sort of Kurtzman era track is that, you know, again, said it before, visually stunning, but the, the attention to uh, to the wardrobe in the show is is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there's, there's all of the parts are fine. Um, it just felt like it was it was plodding again. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like the scenes with Picard and um, Guinan. Uh, other than the fact that I was kept waiting for someone to ask him how many lights there were in that room, um, <laughs> the it, it, it sort of it, it made sense. But then the, there was a sudden leap in how Guinan sort of dealt with Picard. And yes, I know they explained it in the dialogue in in the sense that you know she explained her change of attitude, I guess. Yeah. But like it also just felt like, well, why why has that happened now? I don't I don't understand. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, there's this. It continues to to be a a good bit of track. Uh, it doesn't suffer from the the you know pitfalls of certainly the first couple of seasons of Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, it it doesn't. The ploddy episodes don't feel as ploddy as perhaps some of DS 9s uh, or even Voyagers. Um, but at the same time, despite the fact that there's, I mean, I think this is the thing I find problematic. Right. So a lot of the stuff going on in Picard is. It is the kind of it's in the wish list for track fans like you and I, mm-hmm. in the sense that you know any evolution of the Borg um, is going to be fascinating. Yep. Um, and when it's being done so well in terms of the performances, even even better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting to the bottom of uh, of Guinan and the Elorians and that sort of stuff, interesting too. Q personally not a fan favorite for me but for a lot of people for me he is yeah yeah um so all of that stuff's in there you've then got you know i guess the added extra my kind of immediate go-to is i just love jerry ryan um so yep you know anything with seven is fine by me yep so all of these parts that that should be you know you should be sort of jumping up and down and doing sort of childish screeing about yeah. are all there and yet i'm still struggling with how we can feel so ploddy when not just all of those features but we're also now two damn episodes from the end of this season yeah i i, I don't get it and 
what makes me worry, and we've discussed this on um, on the on the Who show, is that you, as a fan, it's really it's unsettling if you don't feel like you trust the the creators of of the current content, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's really worrying me about this because the jeopardy, such as it is, yes, I'll get some perspective, but the yeah. jeopardy here is that not only is this you know this season of Picard with all of the things I get excited about not feeling great, mm-hmm. uh, but also the knowledge that um, we're going to move into season three of Picard, which is, from a fan's point of view, um, especially from the TNG era, is, like, that's the big thing people have been waiting for, um, was the the actual final farewell to the um, the second cast of, of one of the greatest franchises on television. Yeah. And... I would love to go into that thinking I know that you know Kurtzman and Co. You know they, they got us. Uh, this is this is going to be just the, everything that we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And in reality, all I'm thinking is, oh, don't fuck it up, please, don't fuck it up. Right. And I did worry that it was that it was just me. And let me tell you, two seconds brief looking at the internet. Uh, and of course, talking to you tells me, <laughs> yes. oh, no, oh no, we all feel like that about this. Um, yeah, there yeah. is nobody unreservedly saying, you know, th- this is one hell of a ride. Everyone's sort of saying, we're on a ride. Yeah. It feels a bit like a, an odyssey. Started, um, it started great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I, again, I, I caveat all of this with always, you know, I always will be excited to watch any Trek because. Yeah. You know, Fan, but I'd just like to feel more confident in mm-hmm. in what this is. Yeah, I did think, incidentally, Agent Wells is a character who, I mean, yes, he was a, he was a device, obviously, but um, I I can't figure out whether Jay Carnes was almost playing the character for laughs in in a really weird way. Cause it it's not almost felt like that to me too. Yeah, yeah, and I. I, I and he's not a bad actor from from recollection of stuff I've seen him do. But yeah, he almost like, felt like a goof, like a silly yeah, fox molder. performance, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, which I again give. In fact, this is something I will say about all of the Kurtzman era Star Trek, um, perhaps with the exception of Elfnor. Um, <laughs> almost every performance in this show is excellent, even when the source material they're working on isn't yes. uh, perhaps what you'd like it to be. Yeah. Um, I I didn't. I, I was very conscious of the fact I was watching the actor Jay Carnes mm-hmm. rather than watching Agent Wells, and yeah. I, I found that a little bit surprising. Actually, um, I yeah. don't know how. I'd be fascinated to know how he came to be involved and whether he was first choice, whether he's been rewritten or, or something. Because something mm-hmm. so it seems a little off with him. I, I don't really know why. Uh, you seem to cover pretty much everything that I thought about this episode and then i obviously touched on my pet peeves earlier about how in the hell did picard know he was talking about vulcans exactly mm-hmm. uh precisely like uh and, and you know what maybe picard's vast knowledge uh mm-hmm. about uh alien society vulcans, and history yeah, yeah 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 i mean so it's possible he was able to put two and two together there he's a smart guy and well, we do know, don't we, actually, thinking about that from Star Trek canon, we know mm-hmm. from Enterprise? Yeah, it was Enterprise. Yep. Um, the, the Vulcans very much were. Uh, Absolutely. Doing research on Earth at the time. They've got the episode with um, T'Pol's 
like great great grandmother or something yeah Yeah. the carbon creek episode uh which is which is a favorite of mine i really enjoy that episode of enterprise and that was actually Mm. something i was going to jump into with this was i do sort of like the attention to detail here because one thing we learned about vulcans especially in enterprise is that they take a really long time to survey a planet whereas archer was always like i mean yeah you could um, but how about we just go down there and mess with their society (laughs) and she was like whatever you want to do um but she told that story about vulcans and like they ended up in carbon creek but only because they had a malfunction and their Mm -hmm. ship crashed they were supposed to be uh they were supposed to be doing it from orbit and that was in the 40s 50s something like that it was yeah um so a long time ago and now it's here in the year 2024 so they actually have people on the ground but hidden uh or trying to hide or at least trying to be concealed or whatever studying from afar but actually on the ground how so, did they not hear him approaching given the right because he was like my dog oh. where are you my dog's name yeah i yeah. don't know and those ears ben uh mm. i believe uh to quote uh, the great Leonard McCoy, uh, how can you be deaf with ears like that? Although he wasn't talking about Spock, but uh, <laughs> he was talking about another alien. So I've, I've, I've reappropriated that line. But um, yeah, they didn't hear him. They, look, there's a lot of problems with this episode, Ben. Uh, yeah. I just, this feels like they had a story they could tell in eight episodes, but they're like, you have to do it in 10. So it feels like yeah. they put elements of stuff in seven Mm. and eight but then just filled it with a bunch of stuff did it not feel a bit like um it's it's sort of it's got the feeling of um star trek movies in the sense that not this you know budget and appearance but the fact that there's quite a lot of sort of lengthy pauses for drama Mm -hmm. and and things like that and so i think maybe they're trying to elevate the format a little bit which is a very kurtzman thing to do yeah um and the consequence of that is that instead of getting mm-hmm. a tv show's pace where you know we're seeing something happening or some development yeah. all, all the time what we're actually getting is these sort of lulls in the energy mm-hmm. I, I will say this though the this episode was um perhaps the first time somewhat ironically given that it was maybe also the last time uh, that I saw Guinan and thought, oh yeah, that's Guinan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was very deliberate that that's how it's been written. But um, and it's been nicely set up for the whole. I almost can't wait to meet you thing, um, mm-hmm. which is cute. Yeah. But I was happy with, well, even if it was as she was leaving, I was happy with the fact that Guinan had finally kind of materialized. Yeah. If you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're mentioning uh, our discussions about Doctor Who. And we, of course, over there, we have the uh, the Chibnall Trust Index. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had something before that, too, I, I thought. But I don't remember what it well, was. We had double Moffats. Um. Yeah, we, we did. I thought there was like a I thought there was like a rating system with him as well. But uh, oh, perhaps not. Uh, maybe it's time to introduce the uh, the Kurtzman credit line, Ben. Oh, nice for this nice. Uh, for this show, because uh, I I feel like uh, the credit line is is a little low right now. Mm-hmm. 
maybe I'll turn it into a shirt because it's a cute name. And I'm already thinking about logos in my head. Uh, okay, okay. Focus on the show, Chief Petty Officer. Um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing to focus on. We said all there is to say. Uh, what would you give episode eight? Um, I'm going to give it two and three quarters. Oh, okay. The stuff that was in there was good. Yeah, but uh, I went two and a half. Mm-hmm. This was tough. Don't mm-hmm. don't make me give Star Trek episodes these scores, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look, it's better. It's better than Spock's brain. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, it's better than Space Hippies or whatever. But um, <laughs> this is better than I'd say. This is better than ninety percent of the original series episodes. Uh, from uh, yeah. in almost every facet, but don't, don't don't make me give two and a halfs to to Star Trek episodes, please. Uh, please do better. We have two episodes left, so let's see what they can do. Ben, uh, we'll put on uh, our happy faces, uh, such as they are, and uh, <laughs> we'll attempt to give them a shot. We'll give it a we'll give it everything we've got. Uh, until then, you can head on right, over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until then, until uh, then, you can. Oh my goodness! Uh, you can find us on cityweekly.com. You can check out the archives of the show. Uh, you can check those out. Uh, we have. Uh, a couple of ways that you can support us. So we're a listener-supported podcast. We have our Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. The merch store, geeklymerch.com. Links for those are in the show notes for this episode. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Audible. Just search for I'm a Doctor, not a podcast. Hit subscribe. And that way you can join us, uh, listen to us talk about Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 9, called Hide and Seek.